from their pop album. You two there on Triple J with Please. I can't get over the fact they're doing I Will Follow in this new set. Anyway, interesting stuff. Matt McGee there reporting for us from Las Vegas. And Matt McGee actually runs a very cool U2 web page uh, site in the States, which you can access if you've got uh, access to the internet. And I'll give you the address right now of Matt's U2 site. That's www.owt.com slash users slash Pleaker, that's Pleaker with two E's in the middle, slash u2.html. You'll also find it if you're searching just under the general search engines. It's I think it's Pleakers at U2 or U2 at Pleakers. That's Matt's site. He said he also snuck in a camera into the Las Vegas show illegally, took some shots of it, and he's going to put those on the page as well. So you'll be able to see for yourself uh, what it actually looked like. The first of the pop marks. All right, hello and welcome to episode 15 of the At You Two podcast. And what you just heard was the, it's not quite the inaugural broadcast about the At You Two podcast, but it's pretty old. And uh, this is the podcast where we're talking all things U2, album news, tour dates, community discussions. But ex- this episode especially is a special 20th anniversary of the website edition podcast show. <laughs> and uh, bringing <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Mr. Matt McGee, let's welcome you first to the show. Hi, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome here, and uh, that was great to hear. We'll ha- we'll play at the end of the show uh, the rest of that interview or the the other parts of that interview of you chatting with uh, radio hosts in Australia back when you maybe had internet and things like that when you first started. <laughs> Um, what we're going to do for this by way of introductions is ask folks as they're introduced where you were on October twenty third, nineteen ninety five, when Matt first hit publish or save or whatever it was the <laughs> yeah i don't remember I, I don't it was yeah who knows what the back in your website <laughs> <laughs> however you did it back then so matt where were you uh october 23rd 1995 i was living in kennewick washington which is part of the tri-cities area whoops i just closed the chat there we go and i was living in a tiny little one-bedroom apartment with my wife, uh, no kids yet, and uh, had a Macintosh. Well, actually, I wasn't. I'm not sure if it was called. I think it was just called the Apple Performa 450. Was my computer, and it cost about 2,500 bucks, and it had about one one zillionth the power of my current iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes, that's where I was, and it, the computer was in the bedroom, and I hit the publish button, and. So was launched a little website that was at the time called Matt's Mostly YouTube Music Page. <laughs> you were going for the SEO stuff. You were well ahead of your future career. That's right. <laughs> I did, right. I had this idea that, yes, you're going to search for music. And yeah, so yeah, yeah I had all mostly. my bases covered there. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt, what was the other stuff that your web page was about? Like, seriously, what, like Seahawks, was- Mariners? No, no, no. It was it was it was mostly U2 music page. So there was some REM stuff on there because they were one of my favorite bands, and there was some Toad the Wet Sprocket stuff on there because they were one of my favorite bands. And so that was you have to understand that was the era when you know there were about maybe across the entire internet there were maybe fifteen U2 photos on the entire web. And so if you found a new one at number 16, it was like this huge thing and you immediately plastered it on your website and told the mailing lists and all this, look, I found this new photo of you two dressed up as chefs with Brian Eno from, you know, passengers and come to my website and take a look at it. It was like this huge deal just to find one little photo 
that you know that nobody had ever seen before. So yeah, it was a very different world back then. All right, and uh, we'll keep going. Uh, next person on the on the on the podcast is this this episode. Anyways, is Sherry. Welcome back to the show, Sherry. Hey, hey, hey! How goes it? <laughs> this is the podcast twenty years to produce. Right. <laughs> and so, where were you twenty years ago, October twenty third, nineteen ninety five? I was living in Rockville, Connecticut. My dad had built my computer, and uh, I was uh, actively. Uh, posting things on on the Wire U2 mail list and snail mailing my propaganda grapevine pen pals. Just graduated with a degree in uh, journalism from the University of Connecticut and wondering what in the hell am I going to do with this degree? Little did you know, a website was being launched right at that moment that would allow you to use your degree to much fame and profit. Uh, next. Profit. <laughs> no profit whatsoever. <laughs> Tell me about this profit you speak of. <laughs> we'll get to that eventually. <laughs> Next up, Tasula, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Uh, in 1995, in October, I was a journalism student at Mizzou living in Columbia, Missouri. And I was teaching elementary, mu- and elementary music and preschool to put myself through school at the time. A huge U2 fan. And I had found a few U2 fans in my you know circle there in the Midwest to worship. But I had not yet found the online community that was wire. Nice. And uh, new to the show, but not new to the uh, at u2.com community and definitely not new if you were listening way back to the previous podcast edition that was around a few years ago. Uh, Michael, who goes by The Answer Guy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Chris. Uh, In in 1995, I was in Sunnyvale, California, home of, wait for it, Atari Oh, really? <laughs> I just dated myself. Remember in that movie War Games when they called all the numbers in Sunnyvale? That was to find Atari. You're welcome. That's your fact of the day. <laughs> um, and I had found, I believe I had found the online community and Wire was a big deal. I just remember that the, realizing that there were people as ridiculous as me out there and it didn't matter where they lived. That was just amazing back then. You youngins don't know what, don't know what we used to have to go through. <laughs> and get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, Climbing to the internet uphill both ways was always a struggle. I was uh, just graduated from uh, high school. I think I was working at like a dishwasher pit somewhere in a restaurant and probably wishing I could listen to you 2 somehow, but I didn't have my CD player discman with me <laughs> at the time or something. And uh, that was what I was doing. I was still, I was definitely into you 2 by that point, but um, definitely was not on the internet 24-7 like we are today. Um, all right. So for this episode, I'm g- uh, these are in our notes. I don't know if they were supposed to be read out loud, but I'm going to read them just so we're all on the same page. There's some ground rules for this episode. Matt has, Matt has laid out. We're, <laughs> we're waving the rule that says we're not allowed to talk about the, the party, the NYC party. So that's first, first up, which was kind of just a lighthearted rule, but it was a rule. And we're also waving the rule that says we're aiming for 20 or 20 minutes, <laughs> 60 minutes, 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. Um, so this may end up being a two-parter. You'll obviously know that by the time we release this, because it'll say that in the description, but just so you're aware going in, this may may have a tease for an episode two. But uh, the folks who are listening live, we stream this live Wednesday nights at 10.30 Eastern time. I think I got that right, right, Sherry? And uh, so those folks who are listening live are, are in it for the long haul, as long as we go. Good stuff to FM slash live. So in honor of, or because of so many requests for having the answer guy back, we thought we'd skip the usual ask at you two stuff where the rest of us sort of schlubs 
if I can call us that, try and answer things. And we've got the official answer guy back to answer the questions. I'll still butcher butcher your usernames and stuff that you sent in. No worries there. Um, but uh, so we'll start it off with Fabiano, who asks, "Who is the favorite superhero of the band?" Um, good job on the pronunciation right there, Chris. Thank Proud you. of you. Um, I don't know why Fabiano is mad. All caps. Favorite superhero of the band. Thank you very much. I've been giving this a lot of thought. I think Edge would like Iron Man because he believes he is in fact Tony Stark with his brain and his inventions. Secondly, I think Larry, uh, who's Larry like? Larry likes um, The Thing. You guys know who that is? The guy that says it's clobbering time because he seems like he's ready to clobber somebody all the time. This is, uh, by the way, as you can tell, I have not pre, uh, pre-thought this out. Then I was thinking um, Adam, for obvious reasons that may remain quiet right now, I think that Adam is a She-Hulk fan. We'll just leave that as it is. Go ahead and do a Google image search on She-Hulk. I've always thought of Adam as kind of the Captain Kirk of the band. We'll go out to places far and wide, other galaxies, just to kiss the girl that's green. So he did it. And then Bono, of and course. And favor is sandalwood. Yeah, well, <laughs> and who wouldn't, Adam? Thank you very much. Uh, Bono doesn't believe in superheroes as he, uh, he can fly himself. He keeps a cape underneath his leather jacket with a thumb hole in it. Uh, Bono, not a superhero guy. What's our next question, Chris? <laughs> can, next, I just, can I, go, can I yeah, just interject ahead. here can, ahead, and, and just recommend that, that, that our, our people listening live that they not do a search for She-Hulk maybe until <laughs> after the podcast is over? <laughs> just, just, just thinking out loud here. Because I just did that search, and I'm a little distracted at this point and a little scared. <laughs> and did now you scope that, Matt? <laughs> No, I got, let me, I'll turn off to turn. You go ahead with the next question. I'll turn around and show people the search. Yes, Matt is live periscoping our podcast as well, which is a bit of a one-sided conversation that he's having with them, but that's okay. That's okay. That's yeah. All right. Our next question, speaking of periscoping, comes in from Mr. A young chap named Tim Newfeld, uh, who says, hey, answer guy, can you get me some tickets for Dublin? Hey, Newfeld, I don't know who you think you are showing up everywhere on social media. It would be nice to meet you someday. Oh, wait a minute. I do know Tim. Can I get you tickets for Dublin? No. Next question. <laughs> All right. I didn't even have my sound effect. I just thought there was going to be more of a rant there. I could have no. buzzed him. All right. Uh, next up is Mark Peterborough who asks, where did 80s culture club singer Boy George say that Bono should look if he still hasn't found what he was looking for? I think what Mark's trying to do here is to check to see if I deserve the name answer guy because this is an actual thing that went around the internet a couple years ago. Boy George allegedly said... Hey, Bono, if you haven't found what you're looking for, look behind the drum kit. Ba-dum-bum. Oh, my God. Because Boy George had a Larry Mullen Jr. thing, allegedly. Um, I so think Mark, he still has it. Yeah, well, who doesn't? Who I mean, doesn't? Am I right to Sula up top? Right. <laughs> I'll have to answer that again. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, from Sherry. Sherry, do you want to just... Wait, did we finish that question? Oh, that was it. it no. Larry Mullen is what everybody's looking for. Am I right? Oh, again? okay. You know what I? You know what I just? You know what I just learned though. What's that? I just learned that um, that uh, what was that? What song was it? the cultural? Oh, time. Yes. Um, I did that. That boy George wrote time. The the culture club song about um, the bassist was it? Yeah, the bass in his band. Yeah, I had no idea. I just learned that like within the last week. And All you right. might think to yourself, why is Matt learning things about culture club in 2015? And I have no <laughs> idea why. I don't even remember where I heard that. Boy George but, is back on TV now. I think he's a judge on some show or something. 
All right, this is episode one of the look, uh, Culture Club up. podcast. Look yeah, welcome to the Culture Club podcast. <laughs> anyway. Do you really want to hurt me? Yes. Answer continue. right now, we do. Continue answering. All uh, right, it's from uh, Hiding in the Berg. Actually, not Sherry. I, I skipped the order here. Do you think Larry will ever agree? Sorry, let's try this again. Do you think Larry will ever again agree to do a tour where he walks around, sings, and mugs handsomely for the camera? First of all, shout out to Hiding in the Berg. Always a big supporter from way back. Uh, I don't know if Larry will agree to another tour. Like, don't we wonder every year if he's just going to walk away and go like, I've got all the money I need. That, by the way, that was my worst <laughs> Irish <laughs> Larry Russian? Yeah. <laughs> Larry's Indian Russian because that's my Larry, only accent. Larry, I would like to talk Lariano Molensky. <laughs> Moose and Mol- Squirrel. Moose and Squirrel. Molinov. <laughs> um, uh, he will never mug again for the camera. Okay. Right? Um, he's grumpy. I mean, seriously, what do you got to be grumpy about, Larry? How bad he is your life? He mugs every night, answer guy. Yeah, I was going to say, you're not watching Meerkat, apparently. Meerkat? <laughs> he's all over Meerkat. He's all over Meerkat. Mm. Is that a euphemism, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> Up top. That's good. <laughs> and way back. <laughs> what, um, when I... I'll when I saw all. this question, I'm thinking to myself, what tour did he ever do? Are we talking about the... Well, he, he walked around... Go ahead. You know, Whiskey in a Jar and all that, all the Irish songs. Don't you remember that? That was Zoo yeah. TV. Zoo TV. Yeah. Yeah. I, have, I, have, I have seen videos of him singing Whiskey in the Jar and Molly Malone, and he looks in great pain as he does that. He sang to <laughs> Tequila Sunrise back during the uh, Joshua Tree tour. I remember that also, but I've never seen him walking around singing and mugging for the camera on any YouTube tour, much less will he ever do it again. Well, he was certainly mugging uh, for the camera in that electrical storm video. Let me tell uh, you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Wow. No, no, no. Thank you. No, I insist. Thank you. And he can keep that shirt off. Thank you very much. For but God's sakes. How long did that take to, to devolve into the I love Larry more than you? Stop it, lady. But Stop answer, it. guy, this gets to the next question. Yeah. What yes, do rock stars smell like? They smell like heaven, Sherry. Thank you for asking. They smell that like is- heaven. And they smell like sandalwood. What would you say again, Adam, about what sandalwood? What I favor is sandalwood. Exactly. <laughs> I'd have said it better myself. All right. <laughs> Quickly losing control, and we're only in the first <laughs> ten minutes of the show. Eva. Uh, <laughs> Michelle I Watson. I said. I said. I said. Chris, I told you, you have no idea what you're in for tonight. <laughs> Michelle Watson asked. I have a question. That's actually not a question. I guess, sorry. <laughs> Let me start this again. <laughs> Has enough time or distance passed that you've forgiven you two for a man and a woman? The song, I mean. Oh, not not the genders, but the song. All right. Now, long-time listeners will remember that A Man and a Woman is the single worst song that you two has recorded. You know what, you know what else I don't like? Go ahead. <laughs> I totally thought you were talking. Damn you, Chris. You did it Modern again. technology. Sorry. Versus Shake's Fist at Ceiling. Um, no. I have not forgiven you two for a man and a woman. The words are just as bad as they used to be. I'm trying to find other songs, even the songs that I mention as being worse than those, such as Susu Studio and The Girl Is Mine. And what's the worst Christmas song of all time, you guys? Um, Simply Having a Christmas Time, Paul McCartney. It's wonderful of- Christmas time, and it's not a bad song. But anyway. It's a great song. That's a it's great, a great Christmas song. song. Yeah. yeah. Wow, what is wrong? You guys like the dogs barking jingle bells, too? Get out of here. Stop it. <laughs> At least get the title right if you're going to pan it. You know? really? <laughs> yeah, because that's the worst part of the song is that I didn't know the title. It's terrible. Anyway, Man and a Woman, Michelle, no. It is off my rotation. 
never to be listened to again. Can I can I ask a follow up so, question there? You may. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say when, and I know Matt's the same way with that that one song that I shall not play right now, just out okay. of respect for Matt on his site's twentieth anniversary. Um, but do you in the digital age do you actually delete the song from your device, your computer, or whatever, or do you uh, just un- try to uncheck it? Uncheck yeah. it so it doesn't okay. come up. Okay. That's a good question. Thank you. So I have a follow up. I have a follow up question. Yes, I'm ready. For, yes, you're on for answer guy. Um, so, dear, what's your? What, are you on Twitter? Um, yes. <laughs> Do you want to give your? Okay. So if I is so he dear, active on Twitter? Is a more he's not active on Twitter. No, okay, I'm so not really dear, active on Twitter. Dear at answer guy. Yes. Which song is worse, a man and a woman, or, or sleep like a baby tonight? Hashtag U two A G. All right, you're asking that to the worldwide listening audience right now? No, I'm asking you. Between what the two of those? Yeah, between the two. Ma- man and a woman is worse. Oh, yeah. Get out of here. I'm, no I'm way. with you on that. Oh. I think Sleep Like a Baby Tonight's a great song. Oh, my God. Do you guys need to hear it? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, put that on, Chris. I, I'm ready. My- <laughs> Listen to the falsetto, Matt. The, the, the pleading, the begging. He's, he's reaching. I don't even know what he's saying, but the falsetto sells it. <laughs> it sells it. You should do. You know what? Maybe the only way I will appreciate that song is if you do your minute by minute, second by second, uh, second by second review of Sleep Like a Baby Tonight like you did years ago for A Man and a Woman. So if you do that and we publish it, then maybe I will listen to the song again and give it another chance. Okay. Now, all right. Some dangerous subject matter that he's going to be making fun of. The challenge, the challenge has been thrown down. <laughs> Oof. I'm not touching that one with the 50-foot yeah. pole. Matt, here's you. a lyric yeah. for you. Losing love to find romance in the mysterious distance between a man and a woman. All right, did you hear that? <laughs> isn't, that isn't, that the, isn't that the same album where he came up with the intellectual tortoise? Yes, no. No, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah, they're yes, both out of this panel. It is about a dismantle. Oh, God. And Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I ask that's a side it. question, you guys? You're not look, YouTube fans. What do they that's... make fun of? What lyric do they make fun of the most? Because I always get the one like, move to trash, drag to trash, delete this file, move to trash. People go like, what is he describing his Windows screen? Because that isn't, that isn't a real song. Your eyes make a circle. I've been made fun of for oh, liking that. Beautiful. Uh, I don't know, but it's beautiful. The ATM line and unknown caller because it's redundant. Yes. ATM, ATM machine. machine. Front yes. headlight, stupid idiot. Come on. A lot of a lot of backlash on that one. That's I think a good segment, a future segment is yeah. worst worst Bono lyric. <laughs> worst Bono lyric. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Let's Get your votes in now because that'll be a while. Let's fire. <laughs> Oh, fire, be nice. fire up I, Trello and get that added. Yeah. <laughs> I still vote for bass trap. <laughs> worst Just worse song title, maybe. I love bass trap. So, <laughs> of course you do. You know what? You know what else I don't like? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on into our uh, we're we're skipping into the ask. number one. Is that is that the end? Is that the end of the answer guy stuff? That's it. That is yeah. That was excellent. All right. Cool. For now. Answer, answer for now. guy, I think, I think, uh, well, for now, right. Maybe we'll convince him to do this again. Yeah. Yeah. And, so. and I think I speak on behalf of you two fans everywhere that um, it is a pleasure to have you back. Answer guy, would you like to stay around for the whole podcast? I miss you guys. <laughs> and yes, I would like to. And there might be some audio of something related to the video for the song Numb. 
I'm just going to throw that out there as sort of a tease. All right. All right. For a, a future, for future use. Everybody got that? Okay. All right. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. So, bef- okay. So, but before we get to the agenda, we, we were having this, we were having this discussion <laughs> and I want to, I want to, we need to finish this discussion because we had, we started this discussion before the show even began and before the stream. How did you, when did, when did this happen? How did we, how did you, what was the, I don't even remember how the idea of Answer Guy started. Are we talking right now? No, no. Okay. Here's the deal. Was it your Um, idea? No, this is for everybody listening because this is how Matt works. So Matt finds people that he thinks have a certain level of quality of writing and then he finds the place for them after he knows he wants to do something with them. But there was no place for me. I'm not going to know. I'm not going to know the instruments like Scott. I'm not going to know the the releases like Aaron. I'm not going to know any of the crap that Sherry knows, right? Or the people with all the facts <laughs> of who was where, right? That was a compliment. Sorry, Sherry. It was a legit compliment. So, um, so Matt was saying, there's this guy on some sort of sports channel that does answering for sports related stuff. Mm-hmm. You want to try that to be answer guy? And he had read um, wow. in '97. That was Popmart, right? You guys help me yes. out. Yes. In 97, I, um, before I knew these people as staffers, I just kind of knew them on wire probably. I took a chance and drove my car north like 14 hours to the Eugene show in Oregon by myself without any place to sleep or a ticket. And I slept in the car and I went to a show by myself and I wrote up like, Jesus, I wrote up a war and peace length uh, missive about it. It was, a, it was probably like 10,000 words. And I go, here you go, everybody. Here's my trip report. And I go, no one's ever going to read this because look how long it is. So Matt read it, I think, and said, this guy, we got to find a place for this guy because the thesis of my thing was you drive all the way to Oregon and someone leaves an ice cream sandwich on your windshield. That's a true story. I came back to my car and there was an ice cream sandwich on it. And I said, this is a sign from God or from Bono. (laughs) Once in a while, I confused the two. And I think Matt read that and then interactions. And then he says, where are we going to place you? Let's try something where we do advice. Um, What he didn't know was that um, it's not uh, not as – shoot. No, that's going to sound stupid. Um, A lot of angst goes through my bloodstream when worrying about answering a lot of these things. So when I'm answering some factoid, I actually do research on what the fake answer, the fake answer has to be correct in some way. Like it takes hours and I'm really afraid someone's going to find a fact that's wrong and then call me on it and that's going to bug me. So anyway, (laughs) so that, so Matt, we used to do one where I would answer one and then Matt would answer like three real ones, like with actual facts. And um, my secret is Yeah, that's true. Oh, I was just gonna say that's true. If you go back and read the the early answer guy columns, there was there was usually four or five questions. Half were answered seriously, and I think that was me answering, wasn't it? Yes, that was you. Yeah. And, and, were, and then you were and then you were doing the the comedy answers. Okay. Yes. And, and then there was a time, rumor that it was all Matt when I came on board. There was rumors that it was all Matt. It's yeah. not well. It's not a rumor because there were I don't know how many there were, but there was a stretch of time when Michael was unavailable was unavailable for, i don't even remember what was going on but but so yeah so so there was a there was a short stretch of time when i did all of answer guy yes but those were the non-funny ones <laughs> they, they got to like an eight on funny they were they were a good uh i was looking back 
I was wondering, like I was reading some of the old ones, like I'm all, God, I, was that me? And then I go, everyone that wasn't funny is go, oh, that was probably Matt. Like that one was Matt. That one was Matt. <laughs> but the actual information, because some people remember they'd get mad, Matt, when I would answer cocky, they would send in another thing like, hey, you dickhead. Like I asked you a serious question. And you didn't have a serious answer. So then Matt had yeah. to put this like this uh, disclaimer at the bottom that yeah. said like, yeah. we're just kidding. We send the real answers to the real people. Yeah, Taking it true. very, very, very seriously. Um, one time I visited the McGee residence, i.e. at U2 uh, headquarters, <laughs> I and um, he said, let's write some answers together. And I don't think he knew what he was in for, but that's the FedEx one. I don't know if you guys have looked at that. So he and I did research <laughs> on the different chassis that the Federal Express Company used for their trucks. So when we talked about um, we talked about that video where we think he's in a FedEx truck, we had actual facts. So when it says <laughs> like... The chassis of a Cummins diesel on the back of a whatever. That was true. Like we went to the FedEx website to get all the information. So he was in my terrible world there for a little bit. Um, but he, Matt does a great job of finding people that he likes slash trusts slash respects. Even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't like you, he respects you. And then finding, <laughs> finding your Hence talent. the three of us on the podcast tonight. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All of us is the answer to that sound bite. So, um, yeah, he has a particular talent and then it's just, um, it's just amazing. I don't, we're not at this part of the podcast, but you end up like at the births of children and at weddings of people from the staff. It's ridiculous. It, it sounds like it couldn't happen, but it does. And that's because of, uh, Matthew T. McGee. Oh, for God's sake. Number one, it's not T, so you're fired again. <laughs> wow. I didn't even fact check your name. That's <laughs> Shoot. The amazing thing is, Answer Guy appeared in the very first off-the-record column on September yeah. 2nd, 2001. True. And so, um, um, and not only was he in it, he was in the first paragraph of it. Uh, where it says, it's also where we're introducing you to Answer Guy, AG as he's become known around the home office. Promise to find answers to those U2-related questions you've always been afraid to ask. Got a question for the Answer Guy? Email him today. And then if you scan down in the first OTR column, you've got some of the very first questions asked to Answer Guy, which is kind of cool. And if you search in the um, U2-com, uh, keyword area of um, answer guy. If you go to at youtube.com news, latest news search, there's 145 records found with the phrase answer guy. And he had his own column. He was in many um, um, OTR columns in the, in the early days. So, you know, he was very much and still is a fixture of our happy little community. Well, well, and so, you know, two weeks or so ago when we announced that we were doing this, uh, this 20th anniversary podcast, um, and yeah, I mean, I think like the number one thing that people were, you, you know, like, is answer guy going to be back? And it's, and, and like, like even on the shows on this tour, like in Vancouver, mm -hmm. I remember, you know, when we were outside the, the, the arena in Vancouver, people were like, what's answer guy doing? Is he ever going to come back? And it's just like this, well, in New York at the party. People were looking for him in New York at yeah. the party. Yeah. But it so. certainly helps when he wears the at you two staff t-shirt that says answer guy on the back. <laughs> that's right. true. So yeah. Look does, for yeah. the dude with the shirt that says answer guy. That's the guy you're looking for. And that's then the true. U2 stage manager said, what's the question? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And I go, I don't know what that means, but it's nice to meet you. So thank you very much. Yeah. yeah none okay, of this so is deserved, but it might be correct. Well, I, 
it, but it was it it was it was for years a very you know the most loved part of at U two, and so thank you for that. That was very, very cool, and I will never forget the <laughs> the controversy that you started with. Probably the most controversial question you ever answered, which was, "What does Bono say at the beginning of Gone, Gone. on the Boston yes, TV?" I Captain Crunch, yeah. <laughs> That? It was that. to the point he you, you, he answered that in in one as just you know as just one of the the you know the several questions in a in a column and then the next week we had to do a follow up on that question and then the following week he had to do an apology for the follow up yeah. yeah I do remember that oh my gosh that was fantastic just like the African Diary that I remember reading the African Diary aloud at my dinner table to my family and we were all just in stitches. Yeah. Well, that Back was a rough trip for me. You know, I'm not a good traveler, and they don't have bathrooms that I appreciate. I don't know the language or any of the food. Africa was not an easy, an easy thing. <laughs> we'll try and uh, we'll try and catalog all the links and stuff so folks can go find some of these um, to uh, yeah go reread and uh, reminisce and uh, and uh, laugh. <laughs> Because there's a lot of, uh, yeah, like we've said, 20 years, there's a lot of history, a lot of stuff that's been written, obviously, on the site. And and very happy to have met Mr. Answer Guy. It almost started to sound like a eulogy there. Yeah, what's going on? (laughs) He's still with us. He was stabbed by a non-fan who took his answer about Bono's sunglasses seriously. Yeah. (laughs) One for my homies. Pour it out. But you're going to stick around. Uh, you can choose to stay in character or not, I guess. And Oh, you can't get rid of me now. I don't yeah. know who you guys are kidding. <laughs> nice to meet you, Chris, but you've just said your last word, I yeah. think. <laughs> All right. So we'll, should we move on to, to the agenda? <laughs> maybe maybe we, we can start the show. Yeah. <laughs> have we filled an hour yet? <laughs> We're getting there. It's okay. We've we got time. We we bu- right. we budgeted time for this one, so. Uh, right, so what's so what's next on the agenda, Chris? So we're moving to the roundtable where we're ch- chatting, basically just continuing what we were just doing before, <laughs> except not specifically about answer man, answer guy, uh, just reminiscing about stuff that's happened over the twenty year history of at u2.com. And so, Matt, you had an article or a quote, anyways, that you wanted to read to sort of kick this off. Well, not yeah. I'll just I'm just going to try to paraphrase and remember um, because uh, uh, one of our mutual friends, Dan Elliott. Well, Chris, I don't know if you've ever met Dan, but he's a, he's a long, long time. <laughs> he, you know what? He's a nice guy. He would be your friend. He would if you be knew your him. friend. Yeah, it's automatic. Yeah, it is automatic. Automatic for the people. He's a he's a neat guy. Anyway, so Dan Dan was at um, the U two fan celebration slash rock and roll Hall of Fame event in two thousand three, and he and I may have been sharing a hotel room or I don't know, but we were sitting together in a hotel room uh, at the end of that weekend or shortly before the end of that weekend, and this kind of gets back to what Michael was just saying about you know how you know, how I tend to bring people on board with the staff. And this, his, Dan's quote has stuck with me for forever because I think it's probably the best thing, the best, like, crystallization of, of at U2 that I've ever heard. And, and he was complimenting me, which I normally don't like to talk about when people do that, but he was actually complimenting everybody else because the thing he said was, and this is, this, I mean, this is 2003, so the site was only, what, eight years old by then? Not even eight years old? And he said, he said the best thing you ever did, talking to me, was you hired 
I, and I can't remember the exact wording, but he said you hired great people, not just great U2 fans or something like that. And it was just the idea that and, and so and, and I just that to me, I mean, and so that kind of gets to what what Michael was just saying. And, and that has always been um, the way that that I do things is that there's a certain there's certain people that fit and I think the culture that we have here on this staff matters a lot to me because we do a lot of things together, uh, whether it's just trading emails day after day. And then we get to see each other, which is really cool, you know, a few times a year when they're touring at least. Um, but we spend so much time together communicating that we need to get along and there needs to be a good culture. And so um, I just I think I think it's, a, you know, I just I think that's absolutely right that the this the the fact that that at you two is 20 years old has nothing to do with me aside from the fact that I brought in great people to work on the site like those of you that are working on the site right now and on this podcast and the others that maybe are not here but uh, will listen later. And it's just I mean, it's just an, like an absolute pleasure to to know all of you and be friends with all of you and and get to work with you and all that sort of stuff. And so I just wanted to, I just thought that would be like maybe a kickoff because my favorite part of working on at you too is getting to hang out with all you guys and chat and trade emails and all that sort of stuff. So there you go. All right. I think that's, that's the end of the show. We're just yep. <laughs> Thank you. Good night, everybody. <laughs> having us, Matt. It's be a great 20 years from now. We'll yeah. have another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, and I'm the one. If I if I recall correctly, I'm the one who said before the show, let's try and keep our comments a little shorter this time. <laughs> You're fired, Matt. Yeah. From the podcast. Yeah, I am fired. <laughs> I understand. No, that leads us into a great segue. Or that is a great segue, which leads us into uh, some clips that folks have sent in to us. Audio clips that we'll play and uh, and then probably bounce off of that into discussions and things. But um, first up, we have uh, Aaron Govern. I'll just make sure this works here. Hi, this is Aaron Govern. I'm an ATU2 staff based in the United Kingdom. I've been working on the site since 2010. My overwhelming memory in my period working here has undoubtedly been the team spirit and the camaraderie and the humour amongst all of the staff members. The one thing that unites us is our passion for U2 and for making this the best website for the U2 fan. Nice. And uh, should we just keep going? We'll go through a few of them here. Uh, Becky Myers is the next one. One of my greatest joys is being on the at U2 staff. I love expressing myself through U2's music and hearing from readers who are touched by my stories. I'm impressed by the U2 knowledge database that exists in the minds of the staff and our readers. I appreciate our shared love of this special band and the beautiful community I get to be part of. No questions asked. It feeds my soul. There is nothing like experiencing the pure magic of U2 shows with fellow believers. Oh, and there was that time when Edge and Adam dropped by our party in New York City. Thank you, Matt, for launching the site and giving us a home for all things U2. Yeah, you can still play the, you know, the at U2 podcast drinking game where if the party's brought up, you you know, take a drink of your favorite. People match. will be drunk in 10 minutes time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't want them like incapacitated. No. Becky, love- Becky brings up a great point in her um, um, comment about the readership. We wouldn't be here at this point if it wasn't for the dedicated readers that we have and how our um, readership has grown over time. And uh, they are very much um, in the mindset of, of when we're writing, are we writing stuff that people really want to read? So I'm really glad Becky 
brought up about about um, the readership because to me that's first and foremost the most important thing about the whole website. Amen, sister. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, next up, Fernanda Bottini. Is that sorry if I mispronounced? Yeah, that's right. Hi, it's Fernanda Bottini here. It's been two years I'm a member of Attitude to Staff. Actually, it was Matt who invited me. I worked in Brazilian French sites for a couple of years. So I've always loved it and admired Attitude too. It was an inspiration for me. So I never thought I could join the team. It was, I was very surprised when Matt talked to me. And my first reaction was, what? It is real. <laughs> I'm very honored to be part of Attitude to Staff. We are a big group, but everyone is committed with this job. That's what I like most. We share uh, our thoughts and opinions among us before we publish the news and articles in the site. So we all take this work very seriously. It shows a big respect to our readers. I guess my favorite contribution was an OTR uh, of the record about a two experiencing carnival here in Brazil. I had a great feedback from fans of all over the world. And for me, it's an honor and a pleasure to represent South America in the best and the most complete ITU site. Thanks so much, Matt. Happy anniversary. Awesome. And uh, yeah, we'll have, we'll have that uh, article linked to in the show notes, so if you want to go find that later. And uh, finally, for this segment, anyways, Kenny Irwin. Hey, so hi there. Uh, I'm Kenny from Stirling, Scotland. I'm one of the U2 staff based in Europe. Uh, and one of the forum mods, uh, Sing No More, is my mod name and also my Twitter account. So please pop by and say hello. Uh, I wanted to quickly share my favourite at U2 moment. Uh, whilst there are many to choose, uh, like my first U2 list, uh, the party that uh, shouldn't be mentioned that I wasn't at, etc. Uh, but actually my favourite at U2 moment is actually just being part of the staff and seeing the staff activity that goes on behind the scenes. It's a busy place normally, lots of emails flying around, but you should see what happens around about new release or tour time. It's quite literally frenetic. It's hard to keep up. Uh, And at those times, it reminds me of what a great community I am fortunate enough to be part of. So thanks to Matt and all the original at you two guys. It's an honour and it's a blast. Cheers. I love everybody's accents, by the way. Yeah, boy, do so, we sound I, stupid yeah. with our American whatever. Hey, what <laughs> up, yo? <laughs> yeah. By the way, if if Chris if if we get Chris talking enough, he'll start to say a boat and oat, <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and stuff like that. So we we got Canada covered too. <laughs> yeah, North America's in the house at least. But yeah, um, okay. So yeah, anything you want to jump off from there? Maybe start with Sherry. We'll sort of go around the round table, virtually speaking, anyways, and uh, you can each sort of share a couple memories and, and ideas and thoughts. So Sherry, how about you start? Well, you know, being the uh, at YouTube party girl, I've been doing parties for the site going back to, gosh, it must have been 2001 for um, Elevation Tour. And nope. so, no, 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 you're right, you're right, 2003, 2003, February 2003, February 2003, Cleveland, um, Elevation was... Uh, was the Boston area um, fan club people. Uh, nope, it was February 
2003 in uh, Cleveland uh, for the kickoff of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame U2 exhibit. And um, I was asked to videotape Jim Hankey's speech um, at the start of that to capture his reaction when a bagpiper showed up uh, to to make a declaration on behalf of Bono who couldn't be there that that evening. He was hired by Bono. And so I figured, hell, if this is how a uh, U2-themed event goes, I'm going to start planning a lot more of them. And, you know, so um, over, over time, we had other events that had happened. So we had our... Um, various different album parties and then we had a 10th anniversary event that was held in <laughs> Portland, Oregon where um, um, I ended up going to 13 out of the 50 Vertigo tour shows for leg three with the uh, um, with the focus of getting our party invite to the band because at that point we we had no other way to do it besides just waiting outside with all the other fans and literally shoving the invitation in their face to say, are you coming? So um, uh, in Miami, uh, my husband Steve and I, we were, we were out there as they were filming uh, for the day in the life of Edge. Our, our footage never made it, gosh golly darn it. But I did shove that invitation into Edge's hand. And as he was passing by, you know how, how people give a, um, um, a throwaway comment like, well, you know, well, maybe next time. Well, you know, 10 years later when he did show up at our other event, I'm like, damn, he's a man of his word. So, you know, that, that. It was the next time, technically. It, yeah. it was indeed the next time when we did invite him, you know. So, um, so you know, being, being able to create activities and, and um, social engagement uh, um, events where we can get fans together, where, um, you know, when we first started off, we were identifying each other by by a Facebook handle or by our um, at YouTube forum handle. And, and by the time that we got to Cutting Room in New York City, we were all going, hey, you're so-and-so on Twitter, right? Yep. So, so we, we've, we've progressed over time, but it's still fantastic to be able to draw a crowd because it's just a whole bunch of our readers and their friends who want to get to, to um, meet us on on staff and we're just average fans just like everybody else who volunteer our time to do it so you know that um that is uh first and foremost at the top of my list i've got a few others but i'm gonna let somebody else uh chime in here well i'd like to i want to piggyback on that 10th party because that ranks for me as well um <laughs> uh, being in portland where i'm from originally was a big uh plus and that night i remember it started snowing which is very uncharacteristic of my hometown um but it was the week before christmas or the week of christmas and we were all sitting in scott peretta's house we had gone out for like a staff breakfast or something I distinctly remember pancakes on the side of Marilyn's head, Princess Leia style, like everything was very jovial and happy. And then we went to Scott's house to wait before we were going to the venue and it started snowing and like Matt was pacing and everybody was stressed out. Like, are they, is, are people still going to come to the party or, you know, is the show going to go off as planned? All this good stuff. And of course the party was phenomenal. And, um, we had an issue 
<laughs> because our hotel was a few blocks, just a few blocks too far to be walking in that cold of weather. So we were shuttling each other back and forth. The people who had cars at, at the site were shuttling people back and forth. I happened to end up in a car with Kelly Eddington and Sherry's husband, Steve, driving. And he was dressed like an elf that evening. And I was not and in the car. Sherry was still back at the hotel. And I can't remember, forgive me, whoever was in the front seat. Maybe it was Michelle. There was four of us. But Kelly and I are in the back. And Steve is just kind of trying to navigate his way through this ice storm, what what became a, a, like an immediate ice storm in downtown Portland. And he inadvertently drives into the bus lane and, and then goes through a red light. And he can't see anything because of this huge elf hat that he's wearing. And he's shifting from <laughs> side to side, trying to look. And Kelly and I are like, you know, looking at each other in the backseat. Like, are we going to get there? You know, just laughing our heads off. And sure enough, then the sirens came and the lights, the flashing lights. So the cop pulls us over and, you know, informs him that he's not allowed to drive in the bus lane and go through stop signs or red lights or whatever he had done. And then he looks, the, the cop like distinctly like, like sticks his head in and looks through the car and there's three women, none of which are Sherry, his wife, <laughs> in the car. Steve has a very lovely British accent. So he's, you know, a foreigner to the cop and he's got this crazy elf hat on. He's like, what are you guys doing tonight? <laughs> you know, like, what, are, what are you out there doing? And, and he's like, well, we're going from a party to a hotel or something like that. I can't remember exactly what he said, but we all just were like stifling laughter. And Sherry, meantime, is texting me like, what is going on? What like, because like, I'm waiting for my ride. I wasn't at the hotel. I was back at the bar cleaning up. And all I wanted to do is get home because it was so late knowing how we had the show the next night, you know? And it was freezing. Yeah. Freezing. And, and so cold. And I remember like we landed in the lobby of the hotel and like we were all gathered around like the fireplace or whatever. There, there was one like warm spot of the hotel lobby at the Vintage Plaza in Portland. And we're all like starving. And we had like some kind of snacks or some Michael had like snacks or something like M&Ms and peanuts or whatever. And I think trail Sherry mix. started trail mix. Thank you. And Sherry started ordering food when she did get there. But I just remember like it was hilarious on like six different levels and that we, it took us like almost a half an hour to get four blocks <laughs> because Steve got pulled over in an elf hat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, Michael's. Sorry, go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say that's what that's what our readers don't know is that <laughs> the stories that they've never heard are yeah are often stranger and and funnier than the stories that they have heard and that's uh that's yeah I think that's it right there there's we we could write a book about the things that have happened like that This is where here. you need like sort of like you're periscoping the the podcast we need to be like a an at u2.com rumors site like did you yes. hear what Matt did last <laughs> Exactly yeah <laughs> played Clash of Clans, a spoiler. Uh, okay, so, uh, Steve, Michael, <laughs> we'll go over to you. <laughs> hey, was I the, um, how many of us, I think it was just me, that went to the first Cleveland thing when they just opened the hall with the U2 exhibit? Well, I Sherry, was, didn't I was, yeah, Sherry I was, did the party, right? No Matt, no Tasula. No, no I, I, I went out the there following for, week. for that, yeah. Okay, um, and it was like at the Hard Rock and some mallish kind of thing, right? Yep, you were you were helping me hand out uh, uh, prizes that night. Yes, and I remember we did like a stump the whatever, or I did a trivia something. Anyway, you did. Um, that was the first time people could put a face to us because that was um, 
That was before Portland? Help me out. I'm really bad with the... Oh, yeah, that was before. Yeah, that was 2003, yeah. So, like, would anybody show up? What other geeks would fly to Cleveland? I believe it was wintertime because I remember it being the the single coldest I've ever been in my whole life. It was February, yeah. Thank you, Lake Creek. The first week of February. Um, this is, see, this is where I'm not the answer guy. <laughs> Newsflash. Uh, was I it, really was good I remember being cold. What month was it? July? <laughs> no, no, it was February. Thank you, Tasula. We had um, standing room only at that party. I couldn't believe it. Yes. I, I had trouble actually getting in. I stepped out because it was crowded and then I couldn't get back in. And I go, I don't think you know who I am. And they go, we don't really care who you are. This is Cleveland. Who do you think we are? So, um, anyway, there were, there were people there that had dr- driven in from states all over the place because they knew that Sherry had put on that thing and they knew that we would be there and they knew that a U2 exhibit was opening. And I just, I could see the reach. I mean, I guess I had flown from the West Coast. Peretta had flown from the West Coast. Um, it was just amazing to me that this this website that my friend ran could get people to a party in the middle of Cleveland, that Sherry could plan it, that people would come and enjoy and talk about you too. It was just the dorkiest, greatest feeling. Um, almost, it, it was a, probably the same feeling I got when, you know, you, we found wire or we found exit or we found whatever online place we first went to where you're not the only dork, right? Like a lot of people came by themselves because you can't find a friend to drag to a Cleveland hard rock hotel in the middle of February for no reason. So you end up on, on your own and you walk in, you know, all timid and, you know, oh, this is going to be ridiculous. And then you just start talking to people about like show number four you once saw where you waited in line and froze your ass off. You show the Sharpie marks on your hand. Like, look, I was number four one time. Anyway, that that showed me the 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 breadth of the of the website and how people really enjoyed it. Everybody I met, unless I'm selectively remembering, was just so complimentary about what was done at that site, what everybody's strengths were, how they stopped and looked at that website way before U2.com was barely starting, uh, if at all yet, um, <clears throat> and how they got all their information from the little site that Matt had started um, at that point, what, five, ten years earlier. Yeah, so, February uh, was was a a preview of what was to come with the fan celebration, which Matt touched upon in his top five article that just published yesterday. Um, that or today, or today, or, or today, it was this morning, de- or, de- or, de- or three weeks or ago. If, if depending you're depending upon when November. you're listening, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, <laughs> that you know that that was the preview for what was to come a few months later with the big fan celebration. Yeah. Yes. So two things. So I, yeah, my, and I wasn't there in February. I remember February the same way you just described it, Michael. I remember us being very nervous about any, if anyone was actually going to show up for this kind of thing. And then the next thing I remember was getting a call from Sherry kind of giving me a recap of the event like she was reporting, you know, giving me the report, you know, reporting to the boss kind of thing, which I thought was very cute and fun and all that sort of stuff. But the, but I remember getting, you know, like there were so many fans there. And then the other thing I remember her saying was that answer guy was the star of the show and everybody wanted to talk to answer guy and answer guy did a loop around the, the arena or not around the arena, around the whatever room you guys were in. You ran around the room like Bono did on the, the elevation tour. Yep. Um, 
And so, yeah, I remember that that, that was um, a huge, just a, a big surprise, I think, for all of us that there was something to this and there was – I mean, I don't even know how to put it in words, but you're right, Sherry. And then I got to experience it in June of that year when we – when they were switching out the you know the 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 U2 display kind of thing and so they put on this U2 fan celebration thing which was this you know day long or weekend long you know basically party and they wanted us to co-host it and so we set up two tables down at the right as you enter the rock hall you go right down the escalator and there we were with our two tables we had monitors up with our website loaded on each one, we had a trivia quiz that we printed out, yes. and you had to. <laughs> and the idea was, <laughs> the idea was that you had to use the website to find the answers to this trivia quiz. <laughs> so it was like this totally, this totally trick way to increase, you know, the traffic to our website. <laughs> and so we gave out these quizzes. And people would, you know, they'd type, you know, they'd start using the website and fill it out. And then we had this table full of prizes that we gave away. And it was just, I mean, it was the most amazing thing. And and what was amazing for me, as what Sherry was just saying, is that just, you know, nonstop that day and nonstop that weekend, people coming to our table and just saying, expressing how much the website meant to them, which was just this such a foreign concept to me that they were describing that they felt a connection to a website. And I wasn't really aware that that kind of thing existed or that it was even possible. And it was just, it just blew me away. Like I was just like the stories that, you know, people, you know, you're getting stories like, you know, oh, I was in the hospital for three weeks and the only way I could, you know, find out what's going on with you too was through your website and your mailing list and this and it's just like it was just i mean it just blew me away and i got all emotional about it and i you know as i said in the article i called my wife at the end of the day and i was like you know my life changed today i had no idea that this website you know meant anything to anyone and that there was this community of fans and readers that you know had gathered around it and i mean so i think that was a really you know, those two events were just a really, really uh, monumental thing for the whole, you know, for the whole website. Was it? Oh, and that was the first day that Tasula Kikoris and Matt McGee met in person, June 14th, <laughs> 2003. Exactly. Right. History and, was made at that event. Yeah. Right? Exa- and I was, and if I had had more space in the, in the article, I would have mentioned that. So yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say huge oversight, but that was when I was like telling you two in the confessional that I would do their laundry and stuff. So I don't blame you for not bringing me on board then. <laughs> You hadn't but been yes. properly vetted yet. I had, I had yeah. not been vetted. You don't I just waltz just, in. Ask Marilyn. It, it takes a, a vote of confidence before you're yet allowed. Matt, Matt brought me on after finding me in the middle of the Las Vegas desert wearing a mirror ball jacket. So... It, <laughs> <laughs> well, we knew each other. We knew each other from Wire, right? And, and right. there was... And I knew that there was going to be this group of fans getting together at the last rehearsal the night before opening night out at the, in the parking lot outside Sam Boyd Stadium. And I knew that you were going to be there and that you had you know, a group of people you were going to be with. And I remember driving slowly. I was with Brad Grantham. Do you remember Brad Grantham? What a cool guy. Yeah. Um, I remember driving with him in the car and we're just driving slowly through this parking lot. And I see this group of people. And right in the center, there's this short female with this mirror ball uh, jacket on, and I just said to Brad, "That right there is Sherry Columbaro." 
<laughs> and and I was already jumping and running back and forth going, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm here. That's when yeah. I met Sherry, too. That was the same night. That was a big <laughs> that Vegas rehearsal was a big deal. I was with Ken Rosenberg and yep. Sherry right away said, you must be Ken. And he goes, you must be Sherry. It, it's just the weirdest. <laughs> yeah. Before before the Internet was big, this was weird. Like nobody knew anybody's real name. But nothing changed outside of the venue at Rogers Arena in Vancouver. I was doing the same damn thing. That's kind of true. That's <laughs> you <right>. know, <laughs> just wasn't wearing the mirror ball no jacket. Ball, yeah. <laughs> Matt, I just wanted to follow up with uh, like the, the interesting idea of like this website, this digital creation that then you get to see the real life folks like sort of manifesting that are following this thing and like tangible actual evidence of people reading it, not just numbers on the screen, but like you must have had some idea that there was people reading it, right? Like analytics or whatever it was at the time to see that there's numbers of people viewing the page, some sort of bots or whatever reading it, but then to just see it in the flesh was the sort of like smack your forehead kind of like holy cow moment yeah i mean yes there you know we, we've had we've had i mean google analytics didn't exist in 2003 as i recall but we had some sort of analytics. so i was you know and the site was you know very popular then it was you know we were getting all kinds of traffic you know starting around well i guess the elevation tour and all that you can't leave behind is when traffic really skyrocketed for the website and so by 2003, yeah, there, you know, I knew there were lots of people visiting the site and reading, but I didn't know that, that, there, was, that there was some sort of you know, connection there, that it meant anything to anyone. You know, that, oh, here we are sharing news, and you are consuming news, and that's it. But there were, I remember, you know, and, and I'm sure Michael and Tasul and Sherry would, you know, would agree with this, when we would be in you know, various... GA lines during the elevation tour, you know, we're just sitting there and then, you know, the people in front or behind them are like, oh yeah, I am, I know your site, you know, you guys do a great job, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's all kind of, you know, very fine and good. But then it's just at this thing in Cleveland, it was just like the, on a totally different level where people were like, you know, just expressing the, the, the depth of the connection and the meaning that it had for them. And I was not prepared and not aware that that was even possible. So that's what was just really, really mind-boggling for me. Matt, have, have you had somebody at a show pull up your Twitter account and your um, Twitter photo and shove it in your face and say, oh my God, you're Matt McGee? Because that happened to me. <laughs> Somebody said, recently. "Oh my God, you're Matt McGee." No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, inappropriate. Oh. I think. <laughs> Thank you. Rimshot. I couldn't no, no. resist. I couldn't but, resist. But I'm there going, "Yeah, that's me." But you know, I'm I'm just a fan. <laughs> you know, I'm just the, an it, average soccer mom fan. You know, that's that's what boggles my mind about the whole thing. We do it out of love for the band and we're all volunteering for what, what we do. So, you know, to have that type of, of a reaction, it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'm just as much a fan as you are. We're no different, really. You know what I mean? I think it's often, I was going to, that's what I was driving at is like digital creators online and stuff. And, you know, even 20 years ago, back when you had to fax your website into the internet, you, you still are like amazed sometimes that people are actually really reading or now in this day and age podcasts listening out there. And, and, you know, we see the numbers, we've talked numbers of people who listen to the show or whatever. And, and it still is amazing to think like if all those people were in a room together, that would be a pretty awesome YouTube party. <laughs> and so uh, in the spirit of the fact that there are real people out there listening to this thing, we're going to actually pause for the end of this episode 
the part one, we'll call it. Hopefully there's, well, not hopefully, but probably just going to be part two parts. We won't necessarily go three, <laughs> but uh, to give Famous uh, last words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we will be back in the next episode with more memories and thoughts and reminiscing about at youtube.com, of course. Um, and so because we're going to be actually recording it right now in real world time, I don't know how this all works, but uh, anything you send in as far as at you to ask at you two questions and stuff will be saved for the following episode, two episodes away from now in time. Um, this is all very back to the future esque in the spirit of today as well. Um, and so don't be alarmed or whatever that nothing gets answered next week that you may have submitted in the meantime, because we won't know about it yet. But anyways, we, uh, we will see you again next week on the at you two podcast. That'll be episode 16. This is episode 15, which you can find if you're looking for previous episodes or future episodes, good stuff FM slash at you two slash 15 is where you can go to start with this one. And then Go, go on from there. Maybe let's just go around the roundtable quickly. If you have a Twitter handle that folks can ping you at that they want to maybe ask follow-up questions or whatever, uh, we'll start with Matt. At Matt McGee. Okay, Tsula. At Tsula. And Sherry. At, at you 2 com Sherry. And Michael. At Michael Vox. There we go. And I'm I, Chris on Twitter. And uh, at YouTube.com is where you can find this website. And uh, at you 2 is the Twitter handle for this site as well and uh, all those places and more you can visit us in itunes please leave a rating or review if you so desire it'd be awesome to have a five star but even four we'd settle for three maybe uh to review in itunes just helps get the word out about the show and i think that's it until the next episode thanks for listening have a great day bye what did they do with the huge lemon the the lemon uh kind of it was covered up um for the entire portion of the regular show and then uh they when they left the stage, uh, the lights went dark, of course, and as they came out for the encore, um, the, they took the cover off the lemon, and so you could see there was a big mirror ball, and all the lights were reflecting, and then smoke filled the whole stage area, and then this lemon kind of, it, it's over to the right corner of the stage, and then it somehow, I guess it's like hydraulics or something, it moves out towards where the B stage is, and opens up, and there's the band inside this lemon, I mean, it was it was so weird. It was just, but it was hysterical too. And then they they walked down the stairs that uh, come out of the lemon. They walked onto the B stage and they went into the encore. And the first song of the encore was Discotech. So I guess that's where the whole uh, the whole lemon thing came in. I get you, Jesus. They set themselves up for a Spinal Tap tragedy, didn't they? <laughs> a very Spinal Tap. That's what a lot of us were saying last night. I can't get over the fact they're doing I Will Follow in this new set. Anyway, interesting stuff. Matt McGee there reporting for us from Las Vegas. And Matt McGee actually runs a very cool YouTube web page site in the States, which you can access if you've got uh, access to the Internet. And I'll give you the address right now of Matt's YouTube site. That's www.owt.com slash users slash plica. That's plica with two E's in the middle slash u2.html you'll also find it if you're searching just under the general search engines it's i think it's pleakers at u2 or u2 at pleakers that's matt's site he said he also snuck in a camera into the las vegas show illegally took some shots of it and he's going to put those on the page as well so you'll be able to see for yourself uh, what it actually looked like the first of the pop mart world tour